Welcome back to the show. Kathleen and Rachel are here, and we have a special episode queued up for you. You know we do, so buckle up, my friends, and get ready for a little throwback Thursday in the studio today. Now, if you've been following our podcast, you may have heard our roundup episodes featuring our favorite advice on resumes or the best in military transition tips from guests on the show. But if you missed those, don't worry, click the link in the show notes. But today we have another great compilation coming your way. I'm always amazed at how much we learn from our guests on the show. Even though we've been recording the podcast for over a year, we still hear things that surprise us. So today we're going to replay some of the most surprising tidbits shared by recent guests. Get ready to be shocked, to be surprised, and dare I say, amazed. So without further ado, let's kick off our first surprising snippet. Well, the first clip I want to share comes from Ryan Dennis. Ryan came to the show to discuss continuous vetting of security clearances. And he had a lot to say on the matter because he works for the D.C. S.A., the agency that conducts background investigations and runs the continuous vetting program. Ryan said something that I think will surprise a lot of clearance holders. Let's take a listen. Uh, Depending on the position a clearance holder occupies, it can take months or even years to replace them at their job. And that can have an impact on the mission readiness of our armed forces. The goal is to maintain trust. The goal is not perfection. Our clearance holders are human. We all falter or fail at some point in our lives. And that does not inherently make us untrustworthy as a person. It is our reaction to those failures that really matters. Under the traditional model of periodic reinvestigations, once every five to 10 years, there was too much time or opportunity for a clearance holder to experience normal life stressors and suffer in silence, where the person might be attempting to deal with those issues alone but often unsuccessfully. What I mean by rehabilitation in the context of continuous vetting is early identification and involvement. It means not letting the clearance holder have to guess at what the United States government needs that clearance holder to do in order to remedy the issue. It means giving the clearance holder an opportunity to act responsibly early on and with the help of assistance programs and their employer. Such a great throwback, and he is so full of great wisdom. They know that you're human. We're not perfect. Exactly. I just love this snippet because Ryan talked about continuous vetting so positively. It doesn't always have to be this boom, 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 big, scary thing where they're trying to catch you in the act and take away your clearance. They view it as a retention tool to help you address problems before they get out of hand. So that was great to hear, and I'm sure pleasant surprise to many of our listeners. Rachel, what should we listen to next? I definitely want to pop over on our friend Martha over at Mantech. I'm sure you've been told to target your resume to the job description before, (laughs) but Martha explains it in a way that you will never, ever, 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 ever forget. Roll that clip. Listen, you got to write your resume to make sure that it's aligned with the requisition. The language on the job description is the same language you have to use. So I'm not asking you to lie, but if you have no experience on this one, don't say you do. But if you do have that, make sure you write it in there because we're not going to read your mind. 
we're not going to assume, oh, he did that, therefore he knows how to do A, B, and C. So I always use the terms, if the job description has the words tomato, ballerina, and cake decorator, make sure you include those. Yeah, I'd be a little surprised to put tomato, tomato, ballerina, and cake decorator on my resume. But in all seriousness, make sure you target your resume to the job posting and use those same keywords the recruiter and the ATS is going to be looking for. You know, you just had to talk about tomatoes and cakes, and it really got me thinking about another clip I've queued up for you. This next one involves, oh yeah, yes, bacon. Bacon! Well, not the kind that we're now salivating for. Oh, where are you going with this? Where's my bacon, Rachel? Clearly not a BLT, but take a listen and listen for yourself. Here's Katie Sargent from 26 Technologies. We prepare, go over the job description, look into the company, look at what they're doing, look up your your interviewers, right? You know, see if there's any common threads, right? We work in a small industry. It is, you know, it's big, but it's small at the end of the day. There's going to be connections. You know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon in this space is more like two or three. Okay, I see what you did there with Kevin Bacon. It's true, though, what Katie said about our community being big, but also small. Use your network, form relationships, and those connections are going to be your tickets to referrals and references. Spot on. Well said, my friend. So make those connections, and please don't burn any bridges because I know you've all heard about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. He'll come back, and it'll be more than footloose you're on the line for. So make sure that you don't have a poor reputation for yourself in the community. Kathleen, you know a couple things about a good reputation. What's next? (laughs) Yes, don't burn the bacon and don't burn those bridges. Well, (laughs) since you brought up Kevin Bacon, it's only fair I get to talk about John McClane. And no, we're not talking about Die Hard, though Rachel knows I love that movie. It's the Mm -hmm. all-time favorite Christmas movie. This John McClane was a guest on our show from TechMasters, and John shared something really special and surprising about the interview process at TechMasters. Let's hear it from my friend John McClane. We will specifically look for the best spot for the right candidate, and we take our time in doing so, and we're very transparent. Uh, you know, we we like to. Let them know, let the candidates know location, what the compensation is, what the nature and scope of work is. We have them actually speak with our tech masters team leads and with the teams on site even before they actually have their interviews so that they really get a sense and feel of exactly what they're walking into, you know, so that they can make the best decision for them and for their families. Love it, love it, love it. It really was such a great surprise to hear from John. The candidates get to meet with the team before they even interview. Little sneak peek, and I for one think that is pretty stinking awesome. 
It is great. It's a great way to turn around the interview process. And we heard another great surprise recently from Angelica over at Millennium Corporation about how early they're interviewing transitioning military. I've never heard this one before. Let's listen back. So what we have experienced and done with a couple of hires in the past is allow them to, you know, if they're qualified and they're interested in the job and they're open to relocating, whether it's to Huntsfield, to Charleston, the D.C. area, we put them through the interview process like we would with any hire. Um, If that goes well, obviously we know up front that they can't start for 12 to 18 months out. We provide them an offer letter as well as with the start date. And if for whatever reason that doesn't work out or, you know, they find another opportunity, it's it's not a big deal. Well, it's not ideal. Um, we certainly want to make sure that these individuals have an opportunity to get their foot in the door somewhere else outside of the military. We typically hear that employers aren't ready to talk about specific positions with transitioning military until they're about three months out from the military exit. So hearing that the Millennium Corporation is giving out offer letters 12 to 18 months out, that's just an amazing surprise. Amazing. Doesn't even touch it, does it? Something else that people might be surprised by is our friend Meg insert period. They'll be surprised by Meg that she describes herself purple hair and all. I normally have purple hair or magenta hair and that is how I interviewed for this position. I am covered in tattoos. I have a nose ring. I, you know, I think that describing what I look like is a really good example of, of what the culture is like, what they're open to. It's not the type of stuffed shirt type environment where you have to wear a suit and tie or the women have to wear skirts or any nonsense like that. It's more about what you can bring to the table, not just with your knowledge, but also with your personality. I think that from what I've seen across the board with the lab system, I think they do a really phenomenal job of hiring not only skill sets, but also personalities. They would rather train a couple of a couple of things and have a really good personality fit versus hire brilliant jerks that you have to work alongside for 40 hours a week. I always love hearing from Meg because when she talks about her purple hair and her tattoos, she reinforces that work should be about the hard and soft skills that you bring to the table, not what you look like. Absolutely. But she is pretty stinking cool and cute. But I think she really kind of pointed out that culture, it doesn't have to be stuffy. You can have flair. You can have personality. You can have fun. Yes. I love it that she always inspires fun in her interview process and talking about where she's recruiting for. Meg mentioned that they hire for personalities, not just the skill sets. And that ties into our next clip from Dan at Cohere Technology Group, because Dan doesn't just hire for tech skills. Let's find out more about what he's interested in. I look for the engineers who uh, know how to problem solve and are particularly interested in the problem that is being faced. You can pick up a book and, uh, and read up on Angular, any kind of technology, but tell me some of the hard problems you faced with uh, high data rates, with suddenly having 500 users hit your system all at the same time. And, and those are the things that excite me about someone who's faced those types of things, figured out how to solve them and, and taken care of it. I don't chase technology. 
Did y'all hear that? Was your volume up? Don't count yourself out if you don't stack up 100% to the job description. I'm talking to you, ladies. We're statistically less likely to apply for jobs we may not 100% qualify for, but sometimes there's just a wee bit of wiggle room in there, especially for those preferred qualifications. Yes, don't dismiss your soft skills. Things like problem solving and communication are skills that take more time to develop. You can't teach them the same way you teach hard skills. Like Angular, as Dan mentioned, Well, it's about time we say goodbye today, but first we have one last clip to share. This one from Naveed at Bay Systems. Here are some of his words of encouragement to wrap things up. Just because someone says no, it doesn't mean a no. It means like no right now, you know? So you got to do your due diligence and follow up. You never know. They might have another open position in a month, in three months, and you just checking in, putting a reminder on your calendar, which is pretty easy, then you'll be able to find something. I guess the world will definitely deliver, you know, to good people. I just love ending on words of encouragement. That's all for today, everyone. Thanks for coming by to our special episode. We hope you'll join us again next time and be sure to follow our podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Cake, bacon, and some tips. (laughs) 